From Jerusalem, Israel, this is From the Midwest to the Middle East, the podcast that explores everything new in U.S. and Israeli economy. Here's your host, Philip Stein. I'm really pleased to be having this podcast today. First of all, this episode is brought to you by Philip Stein and Associates, the largest U.S. CPA firm in Israel. Providing U.S. tax services to Israelis, Americans, corporations, startups, and anyone else needing them. I am very excited today to have a guest, a guest from the world of uh, investments, investing, and and, uh, Israeli investments. Her name is Lee Moser. She's a managing partner of a fund called A&D. She was a partner at at iAngels. She was in a previous career, a chief of staff for the Israeli ambassador Oren in Washington, D.C., and uh, she and I shared that uh, while we both have MBAs, she was able to get into Northwestern and I wasn't, so I ended up in Michigan. So wel- welcome, Lee. Thank you so much. It's good to be here. So let me get right to, to our questions. Um, you're a managing partner of, again, I hope I'm pronouncing it right, A&D Ventures, which is, as I from your website, is quote-unquote redefining value investing. Can you tell my listeners how your mission distinguishes you from other other venture capital funds? Either A&D or AND Ventures. We define ourselves as a company builder-based fund. My partner and I were in the industry for many years before establishing AND, and we saw uh, there is gaps for, let's say, early stage founders uh, when they're founding their company and need a lot of help in really building the company for the first year, year and a half. And if you really look at that, uh, 50% of the startups, of the Israeli startups, are failing for execution. And we want to be there when they're starting to build their company until they're kind of hitting growth and help them uh, build it. We really aim to come as a partner for the company. So we're not just investing. We're not just taking a board seat. We're actively helping the founders establishing their companies. Uh, and when we investing, we architect the needs. Uh, with entrepreneurs of the company, mainly focusing on the tech, that the base will be strong, uh, the product validation, which means, okay, I have a great product. Do I have customers for it? Um, And who are my customers? So right from the beginning. And then I think what's really, really important, uh, not just for Israelis, but in general to grow, is the execution of sales, so the traction itself. Uh, We work very hard with the entrepreneur, helping them bring customers for like the first year or two. That's where we think this is kind of the secret sauce, helping from within. Yes, uh, it sounds like a a winning approach. So let me ask you this. What what came first? Did you first build your exceptional network of advisors and then establish the fund? Or did you establish the fund and then build this, this network of worldwide experts? Good question. The network that we brought into the fund, it's network that we've been collecting for the past, I don't know, 15, 20 years. So it was always there. But then there is always the question, okay, I have great network. And, and you mentioned I was the chief of staff in Washington, D.C. Then I worked a little bit in BlackRock. Then I was a partner at iAngels. Roy, my partner, my co-managing partner, was at Google for six years, led their um, acceleration program around the world. Before that, at Live Person, before that, at Microsoft. And we have great network. So what do we do with this network? How can we bring them to the table? Um, and at the end, I think we created a platform that enable people to really be a part of what we do and also benefit from it. So I would say when we decided to establish the fund, we brought our network in. So it was really all together. Mm-hmm. 
How do we do a fund that is different? How do we bring our network that would like to work with us into the fund? So it was really parallel. So I personally have been working with high-tech entrepreneurs probably for nearly 25 years. Almost all of them ultimately want to exit. Do you have a methodology to enable them to accelerate the path to an exit? Is that part of your, your program? Yes, yes. So basically, end, A and D, is accelerate and uh, disrupt. Mm-hmm. Uh, very original. And again, it's, it's coming back for execution. Uh, looking at the Israeli ecosystem, which is not so young anymore, right? Right. We've been doing it, I would say, for the past 30 years already. So the ecosystem has matured. But I think um, the gap still between, let's say, Israeli startups or Silicon Valley-based startups is the execution itself and the sales. So I think a part of exit, a part of the growth, uh, again, is bringing the validation and bringing the customer, not the Israeli one, the international one, the North American one, sooner than later. Um, a lot of time you see companies that are just, you know, they're raising more funds in Israel and they're staying in Israel and they want to improve their tech, their product, you know, be perfect before going to the American market. We think it's the wrong attitude. We think, you know, they should be there as fast as possible mm-hmm. and really do that they're, they're design clients with with an american american corporates american companies uh, so i think the the i don't know if i want to say the fast but fastest way to access is by being international sooner than what we see today for for early stage companies um, and this is something that we we work very hard with the companies with a very ambitious goal that a year from investment, uh, they're going to be at 10x of the revenues. So if they had none revenues, uh, uh, in, in a year we want to see revenues. And if we invested when there is initial revenues, uh, we want to see it grow for 10x in the first wow. year of investment. That's great. Yeah. So again, you mentioned 30 years of the high-tech industry in Israel. Uh, I've probably involved for 25 of that. How has the world of Israeli high-tech changed since you've been working in this area? Wow. Um, I think it, it changed a lot. I think maybe the world is... Uh, it matured. So looking at that, you know, starting 30 years ago in the government actually accelerate companies, or we can say we, we evolved from the startup nation, right, to the exit nation where everyone built companies, sold them to corporates quite fast, to the growth nation where today, first of all, you see second time, third time, fourth time, fifth time entrepreneurs that build companies. Some of them fail, some of them were successful, but coming back and building companies again with much more experience and also secure funding that it's, I would say, easier for them to receive after executing companies. And also you see entrepreneurs that they don't want to sell so quickly. They see their friends, right? They see what's going on in the ecosystem. And only in the past year, Israel unicorn status has doubled from 25 to almost 50 unicorns, so companies that passed a billion dollars. So they look at that and say, okay, I'm not going to sell so quickly. I'm not going to sell at 30 million or at 100 million, at 150. I can really build a company here. I can build a corporate here and in Israel. And I think this is really the main differentiator, that it's evolved, that it's grow, and that entrepreneurs, they don't want to do the short cycles anymore. They're looking at the, the bigger stakes, the bigger companies. Obviously, it's only 5% that they will we'll be able to really execute that. But I think, um, I think it's really matured. 
when you mentioned about the ecosystem and the, and the maturity of that ecosystem, I certainly have seen it in my side of, of this ecosystem, the accounting, legal. It's really evolved in the last 25 years in terms of the experience here. And there was at one time you had to go to New York or, or you had to go to Palo Alto for accounting and legal advice. And, and I don't feel that that is the case anymore. Uh, the, there's experience here, there's knowledge here, and uh, so it's it's an interesting confluence of that maturity, both in the ecosystem of the companies and the entrepreneurs themselves and the supporting uh, services. I agree, I agree. Have you begun to see any impact of the Abraham Accords on companies you work with? The short answer is no. Okay. And the long answer is that I think it's in working process. I, I don't know, we were almost a year, almost a year into the Abraham Accords, and at the beginning, there was a lot of hype. A lot of Israelis mm-hmm. flew to Dubai, Abu Dhabi, a little bit of Bahrain. And, and I think Israelis thought that it will be a fast engagement. And it didn't. I think we need to still build this relationship. There is trust, but trust needs to be built. The money is not flowing into Israel, and com- Israeli companies are not moving too uh, fast to Dubai or Abu Dhabi, which... I think in a few years, that will be the case. I think there is still a hesitance from Israeli companies to really, uh, you know, execute in the MENA area. It's a huge area. It's, it's, it's you know, it can be an amazing uh, revenue stream and, and strategic sure. partnership, but it's just not there yet. Um, it's not too fast to build trust, especially between countries that, by the way, we're in diplomatic relationship for a long, long time, mainly in tech and security, but um, it's very, very slow. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think that's a, that's an excellent answer. So let me change, talk a little about you. Um, I see you, as I said at the introduction, you, you worked as chief of staff to Ambassador Michael Aaron during the Obama administration. What was that like, and, and how did you pivot and move into you know, the private sector, the high-tech sector from that experience? Uh, wow, it was uh, a very intense four years, really. It was 24-7 work, mm. um, very, very interesting. Uh, you know, it was the Obama administration, it was the Congress, it was the State Department, it was the Senate, it was uh, media, a lot of media. Obviously, there were tension between two administrations, right? Uh, the Netanyahu and Obama administration. But I think, you know, we, we were managed to do a lot of uh, amazing things. I think, you know, if I'm looking at those four years, for example, having this current situation right now in Israel, uh, Iron Dome was one of the main projects that we did. Um, lobbying in Congress, you know, getting the, the funds for it. Um, and there were a lot of also good that happens there. Um, but very challenging, very challenging. And I think there is still impact of this, uh, of this period. But, but personally, uh, personally, it was one of the, the peaks of my career. Interesting. It's uh, the center of everything, really. I actually did visit Ambassador Oren during that period, so I may have, we may have passed each other in the hall. Uh. Yeah, we probably met. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> uh, so again, from that public governmental experience, you were very deep in the public sector. Uh, you, you obviously pivoted. How, how, how did that come about? So it started there, actually. Um, I loved my job. I, again, I think it's second to none to, to, to be in the center of everything in D.C. there, um, if you're looking at Israel-U.S. relations. 
and politics in general. But um, a lot of the conversation about Israel, usually it's the conflict or, or you know, things that are harder to, uh, to explain. And every time we reach to tech, talking about the tech ecosystem, the entrepreneurship in Israel, and the great minds that are here, the conversation immediately was positive. And I think back then that was like the first seed that I understood that that's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. I want to work with founders. I want to work with innovation. I think that um, the change eventually uh, will come from many things, but one of them is how we innovate and how you know we we create amazing things that really impact the world. And that's where I decided I want to go into the tech ecosystem. And when I returned and started to work at iAngels, uh, I fell in love with the venture capital and with the investments and with the ability to, to invest and not only grow uh, the investment, which again, it's second to none investing in uh, high tech in Israel, but also work with really, really great people. Learn every day. It's, it's, it's new. Every day you, you learn about new technology, right? I love working with these people. I think it's one of the most interesting things I could even have imagined when, mm-hmm. I, when I opened my practice, uh, that I would be in, involved with so many interesting people. So I, I certainly can appreciate that. So in light of you're, you're being attracted to the Israeli tech scene, Israel seems to be a magnet now for large international investment groups. Do you, do you feel it's getting more competitive to find companies that you can invest in at a reasonable valuation? I think uh, it depends in which uh, stage. So you see uh, Blackstone now came into Israel, right? Three weeks ago announcing and more and more funds are coming here. Uh, huge funds. It's, it's hard. Uh, there is more competition on the growth of valuation that are um, higher. Mm. But looking at the early stage, there is actually a gap now. Interesting. So less funds has the appetite to invest super early and to really grow the companies. As we want are looking for traction and customers and, you know, and, and the A and the B and the C rounds. So I think where we are, there is a real opportunity there. Um, and that's the reason we're, we're in, in early stage. And that's the reason why we do the company building. So we believe with, with those expertise, we can help those companies reach to the growth and compete, compete on the institutional money. Very interesting. Okay, my last question is this. Uh, again, we, we seem to, as I said to a friend of mine this morning, I, I believe Corona is now in, in the rearview mirror. Uh, but can you share how you managed to get through the last year in light of coronavirus? And I assume your, your travel plans were severely impacted. So we started end in the beginning of March. So two weeks before everything closed, (laughs) (laughs) we said, okay, we we have a great idea for a fund. Uh, We had a seeder. We had someone that seeded the fund. Corona started and we need to really, being entrepreneurship and starting everything from the beginning, um, we adapt quite, it was a first month was very, very hard. Um, And then we adapt and we innovated and we, you know, we adapt the Zoom and we understood that. Um, obviously, it's important to fly and meet the people, especially investors. Um, but we were managed to raise the fund in the corona year. Eventually, it, it ended good, but it uh, started uh, very uh, with with a lot of uncertainty. But uh, here we are, and here uh, we are. <laughs> you're on the map. Okay, so if people want to hear more about your fund, or I have some of my uh, entrepreneurial clients listening who are early stage, uh, how can they find you and 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 contact you and reach out to you? 
they can look for and hyphen ventures online or just uh, send me an email to lee l-e-e at and hyphen ventures.com and we'll love to be in touch well thank you for this very informative and interesting call and we look to see uh and ventures uh more in the the papers as they used to say okay thank you and, so uh, much of, su- <laughs> of successful exits and uh, we look forward to uh, speaking to you in the future as well thanks very much thank you i hope you enjoyed our podcast feel free to visit us at www.pstein.com or look for philip stein and associates on facebook and linkedin 